Episode 151 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. Well, the Wichita Business Journal's editorial staff has been working hard during the coronavirus pandemic to continue to get important information out to our business community. That community is struggling and looking for answers and information. Today, my reporters and my associate editor join me to talk about the stories we've done, the stories you may have missed, and the resources available to find help. Daniel McCoy, Shelby Reynolds, and Kirk Seminoff join me in a moment. First, the big story in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. We introduce you to five Wichita companies that we have connected with. They've agreed to allow us to follow them through this pandemic, their challenges and their successes. Maybe you see similarities in your situation. Maybe you can learn from what they're going through. That coverage begins on page 10, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Our list, Wichita Area Public Golf Courses and Wichita Area Private Golf Courses, page 6. This week, we spend 10 minutes with Josh Turner. He's the new head of commercial real estate at J.P. Wygand & Sons. That's on page 19. We continue to provide for you business intelligence, information on new real estate deals, bankruptcies, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, court judgments. This week, it begins on page 16. Back to talk with reporters Daniel McCoy and Shelby Reynolds and associate editor Kirk Seminoff after this. Welcome to BizTalk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. Okay, Daniel McCoy, Shelby Reynolds, Kirk Seminoff, glad you're with me on a Teams video conference here. First, I want to know how you're doing. How are you working from home? How are you getting along? That sort of thing. Shelby, you first. How are things going at your place? Oh, it's it's going okay. It's, you know, just adapting to the the new normal. I definitely feel like my my cell phone battery is draining day by day just talking <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> you know, it's right. kind of a new method of doing things. But yeah, it's it's going okay. Just, you know, still doing interviews the same way essentially, but we just can't do any in-person things. So, um, uh, but yeah, other than that, it's been fine. Daniel, how about you? Yeah, much the same here. Uh, just uh, improvise, adapt, and overcome. Uh, like right. Shelby said, you know, uh, not a ton of difference just in terms of, you know, the technology enables us to, you know, my office phone comes straight to my cell phone and still have email and able to correspond and chat with people. Uh, so that's good. But yeah, it's just, it's a little different. I talked to a, a new company today I hadn't talked to before that's actually uh, maybe two blocks from our office. So that probably would have been, you know, one you go out and just take a look at their shop or right. sit down for lunch or something like that. And, you know, you just can't do that now, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, for the most part, uh, just utilizing technology done several zoom meetings, even with, with folks as well. So I think, uh, just like a lot of the folks we're talking to, we're kind of getting used to, um, what uh, working remotely means for us and do's and don'ts and and uh, best practices for kind of each of us individually. Kirk, how are things at the House of Seminoff? The House of Seminoff is good. Uh, I always have a cat within either reach, petting distance, <laughs> or up on the keyboard, which is why some of you are getting 
interesting Slack messages. They just look like gibberish. Maybe we can talk about getting a cat back at the office when we get back there someday. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm really allergic to cats, so we can't do that. Okay. No, things are good, and I've got my stash of that, Dr. Pepper, so it, it's all good. That's the main thing, and we are commu- communicating by Slack. Uh, if you don't aren't aware of that, that's a software that uh, you can get, and it's a way to communicate uh, within your team and, and talk about projects and things like that. You can do individual uh, conversations, or you can do group conversations, too, and that's what we use uh, very heavily during the uh, day as we try to communicate and tell each other what stories are going on. And uh, Daniel, first to you, uh, let's talk about some of the stories you've been doing over the past few weeks as the pandemic uh, has changed everything, about just about everything. Uh, Aerospace and uh, manufacturing is what you cover. Uh, It's going to be a huge impact, we know that, but what are some of the some of the big stories you've covered over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, it has to do with uh, Boeing and our biggest employer here. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, kind of the the big story for for the uh, especially the commercial aerospace industry is just that um, you know the impact of this global vir- uh, pandemic. Um, it's it's basically all but uh, evaporated any demand for air travel. So airlines are just scrambling to stay alive now, and that means they are all, uh, you know, looking ahead and scrapping, you know, capital expenditure plans and pushing deliveries out further and further. And so what that means is is Boeing has been impacted um, because its customers are going to be needing less aircraft. And that in turn impacts us here because Spirit Aerosystems is one of their uh, biggest and arguably their most important uh, supplier uh, Spirit has work on all Boeing commercial programs, so anything that happens to Boeing has a, a almost an outside uh, outsized, I should say, impact on on Spirit. So what we've seen also is the impact of just the virus itself on the workforce. Uh, Boeing has had to to halt all of its commercial production operations to try and curtail the spread of the the virus. There was an outbreak, of course, in Washington State. Um, and they they ended up subsequently stopping some production elsewhere, including South Carolina. So none of that Boeing commercial work is being done at Spirit right now. They're all uh, hourly folks are on a 21-day furlough. Um, uh, the salaried folks are going to be moving to shortened work weeks. Um, and, you know, I, I've had to tell, unfortunately, a lot of people this, um, but it's going to get worse before it gets better. Right. They're going to be sizable production cuts. Airbus has already cut its production plans by about a third. Boeing's expected to follow by at least that much, if not more. That's going to mean more layoffs, uh, unfortunately, here in Wichita. The hope is that that air travel demand returns in the future and airline, you know, that their their uh, financial situations improve and they can order more aircraft and we, and we bring those jobs back. But it, it's going to be you know, as as much as we're kind of reeling from all these changes here just in the last, you know, month and a half, um, this is a multi-year process in terms of aerospace recovery in Wichita. And then beyond that, there you also have Textron Aviation. So, um, you know, companies and, and uh, you know, your traditional business jet buyers are not looking to buy things right now. And, and so that's impacting Textron Aviation. They're on furlough, extended furlough now. And uh, I, I anticipate you'll see uh, layoffs there uh, as well. So it's going to be uh, very unfortunately just a, a tough 
rest of 2020 and uh, uh, for a couple years after that. We've been resilient. We've shown that before. I have no doubt we'll be back. But, you know, it, just kind of what I've been telling everybody and folks have been telling me is buckle up for a rough couple of years in manufacturing. And that's really at the sort of top of the food chain. You look down a little bit, even into the suppliers, and man, it's got to be a huge change for them as well, right? Yeah, there, you know, you're seeing furloughs, shortened work weeks, uh, layoffs there. And, and the the sad part about it is just, you know, the, the demand was so high before this. We were at record output rates and things looked like, you know, commercial was going to be on top of the world for the foreseeable future. And business jet production was kind of picking back up in the wake of the Great Depression. So, you know, you don't you don't have to go back that far on the calendar to find just, you know, as with everything else, of course, uh, uh, just a much different outlook than what we have now. Just shows how fast things can change. One good uh, story that you were able to do uh, either last week or early this week, I've lost track, <laughs> but an Arc City company got some PPP money and uh, that helped them out. Yeah, it sure did. Uh, Jet Airworks down there in Arc City, they do... Uh, it's called maintenance, repair, and overhaul (MRO) work. Um, so primarily tied to uh, air, uh, commercial aircraft engines, um, and and their owner Keith Humphrey was one of the first that I had seen, not just locally but around the country. I think that one of the first that I saw for sure had got uh, their PP loan, not just approved but got the money. So um, yeah, he was able to save you know about 47 jobs down there, and that's a big impact in a community that size. These are good paying jobs. And and he anticipates, you know, um, that'll weather them for, for a couple months. You know, he had contingency plans to, to weather in other ways, but this helps him do that more efficiently and kind of be ready for uh, what he also hopes, obviously, is a rebound in air travel because when airplanes are flying more, they need more maintenance and that means more work for him. So hopefully we see more uh, success stories with the with the Paycheck Protection Program uh, going forward. And, and uh, I know I speak for a lot of folks I've talked to just today uh, that we see a lot more money in that program right. as well. Right. We'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later. But uh, Shelby, real estate on the commercial side and on the residential side, you've been doing a lot of stories there and a lot of other stories as well. What has stood out to you over the last few weeks as you cover this uh, on, on the real estate beat? Yeah, sure. So, of course, real estate services are considered an essential business under Governor Kelly's stay-at-home order. So, in theory, firms are still operating. Um, when it comes to residential real estate, there are some national reports that are suggesting sellers might be holding um, onto their listings during the pandemic. Uh, last week, I wrote about new data from Zillow that says new home listings have dropped by 27% nationally uh, during the month of March, which is, of course, typically one of the busiest times of the year for home shopping. Um, in Wichita, in Wichita, Zillow says that uh, new listings are down about 12.8% year over year. But it's hard to say if that's a direct result of COVID-19 because um, new home listings have been on a downward trend uh, here since about late 2019. So the problem is, of course, there's just not enough inventory, right? So um, still, I do think that we're going to see an impact. Um, I imagine there are a lot of homeowners that probably don't want people coming into their homes, spreading germs. Uh, but the good news is there are a lot of tools out there for virtual home shopping. Um, the agents I've talked to say they're doing a lot more videos and those 360-degree home tours. Um, in fact, I saw a report today from the National Association of Realtors that says some clients are actually putting contracts down on homes without ever seeing it physically, wow. um, which is pretty unusual. I don't know if that's the case here in Wichita. Um, I would imagine... 
buyers are probably a little bit more conservative around here, but um, it is really interesting to see uh, that trend. So I'll keep monitoring the data, uh, the data here locally, and see how the market is is facing any major impacts. Of course, you know, in times of financial uncertainty, typically there's a drop in home sales. So I imagine that's what we'll see. But yeah, I'll continue reporting on that. And then on the commercial side of things, um, I just had a conversation with Josh Turner, who is the new vice president over at JP Wygand uh, for Q&A that will print in this week's paper. Basically, he said transactions are still happening for the most part. Again, a lot of real estate business is done remotely anyway, so they're probably in a better position than a lot of other folks. Um, but many of those transactions are going to be things that were probably already in the works, things that were already on the table. Um, but he does think things will be slowing down. Um, and if anything, he thinks the market will be uh, catching up. Long term, though, uh, Josh expects people are going to be much less or much more cautious when it to either opening a new business or investing in new businesses. So things will definitely be slow to return to normal. Obviously, retail and restaurants are taking a big hit right now. So my guess is that we won't see too many new openings for a while unless it was already in the works. But um, yeah, I'm going to keep reporting on that. But I mean, you know, if you look in our lead section each week, there's there's still transactions in there. So right. uh, it seems that things are still happening, but I wouldn't be surprised if we so we see a lull, you know, here late April, May, June, that kind of thing. You kind of took a drive around town uh, to take a look at some construction projects too, didn't you? And it looks like they're progressing. Yeah. Again, construction is one of those things that's that's still going on. Um, at least when I talked to construction companies kind of early on in this process, they were saying, well, we're kind of just taking the client's lead on this, whether they want us to you know, keep working, then we'll, we'll still be out there. I think there are maybe some jobs that, that the clients maybe don't want them. But but yeah, for the most part, I drove around town and just checked on all the major projects. And it's crazy how quickly they come along when you're not just out and about, you know, on your day to day. I think it was like 10 days after the stay at home order had started that I did that. And so would probably be worth doing again here pretty soon. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting to see. And that uh, photo slideshow is on our website. Go to wichita-business-journal.com and uh, just do a search for Shelby's name and it'll come up. Kirk, uh, you've been editing and reporting. Uh, you've been reporting a lot on uh, some of the PPP stuff, the, the federal loan program. Um, as we sit here today, uh, Thursday afternoon is when we're recording this, since it comes out on Friday. Uh, at this point, we have run out of money for both the EIDL and the PPP. Um, so we're now waiting for Congress to get more money there. But Kirk, what did you find out about uh, PPP? There have been a lot, of, a lot of loans here in the Wichita area, I know. Yeah, Wayne Bell from the Small Business Administration told me today that his numbers are through Monday, but it was 20, more than 20,000 loans accounting for $3.7 billion in Kansas. So that'll go up maybe a couple more thousand loans. And oh, he thinks over $4 billion by the time it's done. But like you said, the money's gone. Congress has to uh, reapprove more money. I, I guess the package they're talking about is $250 mil billion more uh, for the PPP funding as part of a second um, surplus package. Uh, there seems to be some doubt whether that's going to happen right away. I know our, our brothers at the in, for the national content team think it might happen today, but, but Congress is out of session right now, so we'll have to see. Uh, I think generally, locally, the people you talk to say that the process was pretty good. Uh, 
the Small Business Administration website was down here and there. There was some frustration there, but the bankers that who I talked to were generally pleased with how it went. Um, a lot of them said it helped if you already had a an existing relationship with the SBA. You could navigate their portal a lot easier. Um, but we've talked to, to to borrowers too who either have their money already or can figure out when they want their money because you do have to pay over eight weeks. So you have to time it just right or time it to your advantage. So we'll see if that happens a second time. Now, you also talked to Wayne Bell uh, from the SBA and, and a banker about maybe what to do in the interim as we're waiting for this. Did, did they have advice for businesses as they're waiting perhaps for new money to come out? Right. Talked with Wayne and then and, and Doug Wareham, who's in Topeka. He's the president of the Kansas Bankers Association. They preach patience. And for small business owners right now who hadn't pulled the trigger on the loan process, that's probably a big ask. Uh, but they say, you know, keep in touch with your lender. They will know what's going on probably before you will. Uh, although they both said that that borrowers were really up to date on what these programs were about because they they needed information they they scoured websites for information they knew what was going on but the but the lenders themselves are going to have a better idea of of what to do and when to do it um so i think if you if you keep in touch i i think you're probably in better shape there are some other sba programs you can take advantage of they're not as advantageous because they're not necessarily designed as disaster relief uh, funds or loans, but they have been adjusted a little bit to help. So uh, we've got that information on our website, and then the SBA also has a has a page that details what those other options are. One of the things we're doing is uh, picking out some businesses, some local companies who are going through uh, this pandemic, obviously, and following them as they experience this, as they make decisions for their uh, for their companies. Let's talk about that project a little bit, Kirk. Uh, you might talk about what we're going for there, what that project is about. Well, each of the uh, 40 some American City Business Journals are, are picking at least five companies in their area to profile over the next two months, even maybe even longer. Uh, we want to follow and get to know them and get them to tell us, you know, why they're struggling, how the struggles are happening, the decisions that they have to make that not only impact their bottom line, but the people who work for them. Um, so I think if they're, if they open up with us, like they say they will, it's going to reveal some, some really gut-wrenching decisions. Um, you know, we're following Doodah Diner, the Wave Venue, Tanganyika Wildlife Park, uh, 3P Processing, it's a manu aerospace manufacturer, and then Equity Bank as well. And they've all got different stories, similar in the struggles, but you know they, they each have really hard decisions to make and they've already had to make some of those. So we look forward to telling those stories. And these aren't always gonna be great stories or positive stories, but we're gonna, we're gonna do our best to tell them. And we're actually introducing our readers to those companies this week, right, in the print edition? Yeah, we are. We're, uh, you can also see it on our website tomorrow. We'll have links to those stories and um, just kind of an introduction to each of those five. You know, you, people probably know most of them already, but now they'll get to know them a little better. Well, uh, the project is important and it will culminate at the end of May, May 29th, I believe, is the date that uh, we're going to have uh, all those stories in our paper, plus uh, stories from around the country as well and talking about 
companies that uh, are in different places in the United States facing their own challenges as they try to make it through the uh, pandemic. As we say, try to navigate these waters, uh, which are very choppy right now and trying to trying to figure out and get as much help as as they can. We're trying to get as much uh, information out as we can. Uh, We have published a small business resource guide to help provide a one-stop shop for information. And we will continue to report on stories as they happen each day. That guide is at wichitabusinessjournal.com. It has uh, state, federal, and local resources that uh, businesses can call on. Uh, Shelby Reynolds, Daniel McCoy, Kirk Seminoff, thank you very much for your hard work and thanks for spending some time. And uh, now we got to get back after it. Thanks. You bet. Anytime. I'll be back in a moment. At Equity Bank, stories of growing businesses are a favorite of ours. So we created our own little series called Napkin Stories. Visit equitybank.com to see how some great businesses got their start. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 151. We wish you all the best as you try to make it through these difficult times. If there is a story we can do to help you or any leader you want to hear from, please let me know. Email me at bROy at bizjournals.com. Check out all our episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter and thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.